Welcome back to Ready Set Review, your favorite podcast for movies, comics, and culture. I'm your host, Anthony. And I'm Matt. As he tries to lick the inside of the bottle. <laughs> well, it occurred to me like I was about to take a sip of the beer, and I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to take a sip of the beer as soon as I'm supposed to say, I'm Matt, and then I'm going to swallow too hard and choke on the beer, and fucking it's going to be a whole, a whole thing. So I, <laughs> I decided to just tongue fuck the hole on my beer while I waited. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Anyway, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Oh. <laughs> so we're back here today. Exciting. Uh, obviously, last week, last episode, we did not get a chance to go into uh, our review of Moon Knight. Uh, so that's what we're going to be getting a chance to go that's into today. R-E-V-U-E review. Yeah, R-E-V-U-E. That's right. <laughs> and then the other thing is Matt has come up with a wild, daring, interesting theory. It's batshit. It <laughs> it's batshit. But shit. it's so batshit that it just might work. <laughs> and we're going to get a chance to talk about Matt's theory for the where the MCU future is going to lead us, or at least one part of it. So... Um, yeah, I guess, uh, first things first, let's jump in and let's talk about an amazing show called Moon Knight. So if you haven't seen Moon Knight yet, um, if you want to, uh, make sure you hit pause, come back because this is going to be chock full of spoilers. Um, we are going to talk about, uh, everything within the show, but, um, it is kind of like a little bit of a weirder show. So if you're not kind of that kind of person, you prefer a more straightforward superhero show, then don't worry about it. Just enjoy us and, and we'll take you through it. Yeah. But it, also, if you're one of those people, fuck yourselves. Like <laughs> there are I get I get nothing irritates me more than when fans see a show like Moon Knight, you know, um, or WandaVision was another good example of Wanda this, Vision's right? A great example. And they and they just lose their shit because the entire show is not action and explosions and like and, and like CGI effects. And like, yeah, okay, cool. Like we all love that stuff too. But like, I personally, I know we both personally love when superhero properties, not just Marvel properties, but any superhero property in general takes a bit of a left turn yeah. and does something different. It doesn't always work, but when it does work, it's awesome. And Moon Knight is one of those examples. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that it's got plenty of action, plenty of special effects, yeah. a great story. It's just not your typical superhero story. Exactly. Because of who the character is and, and the yeah. whole, you know, kind of point around him, which and it's, is good. And, you know, I, I got to say, coming into the show, I was very hyped for this show because Moon Knight has always been one of my, I'm not going to say favorite characters because I honestly don't know like that much about him, but he's always been one of my favorite sort of like auxiliary characters. Like yeah. anytime he appears, I get really hyped. Like I always love what they've done with the character. Um, and I, I, I particularly love when he pops up, you know, like in a team up or whatever. Um, he was an Avenger in the comics for a little while, a secret Avenger to yep. be exact. Yep. Um, you know, and it was, it was fucking cool. And you know, one of the, Those Moon, were the space Avengers, right? With Steve Rogers, the secret Avengers. Yeah. They weren't specifically space. They had a big story arc that happened on the moon, you know, but yeah. they weren't specifically space Avengers, but okay. yeah, that was, um, cause it Agent was, Venom was in that. As right. Well. Yeah. It was, it was one of those teams. Um, it, it was a lot of, it was a lot of like sort of anti-hero characters on that team, you know, with the exception of like beast, like beast was a secret Avenger, but yeah, agent Venom, moon Knight, they were a couple of the secret Avengers. There was the, uh, the, the new at the time, Ant-Man who was like 
Uh, Eric O'Grady was his name, kind yeah. of an asshole, but like like a reformed criminal sort of thing, you know, very much like the other uh, Scott Lang, Ant Man. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of the things that um, that I love about Moon Knight is he's he's been around for a long time in the comic books. Um, and he was one of those characters, like many characters that have been around for 30, 40 plus years, that got a bit of a retcon in terms of their power set. Oh, absolutely. You know, his original, you know, um, story it still holds in comics where he was, you know, dying under the, the statue of the god Khonshu, you know, the Egyptian god or whatever, so on and so forth. But when he originally came out, his uh, he, he only had his powers under, like, the light of the moon. Right. So was... he was, like, totally useless if the fucking moon, like, if it was a cloudy <laughs> night, he would be totally useless. Uh and wasn't he mostly like a Batman character, right? Like he was, he didn't have kind of like superhuman abilities. It was mainly just. Well, that's what he became. He yeah. became more of a Batman character where it was, um, he had, you know, he was, he was rich, right? And he had all of right. his gadgets and tools and stuff, but they took away his superpowers. Um, and now the more modern interpretation of Moon Knight, I believe, don't hold me to this, is sort of a combination of the two because they've played up a lot on right. his split personalities lately and each one kind of has its own you know personality and powers and whatnot and, and he's definitely more power than he was before but it's not tied to the uh the the moon <laughs> the right. being under the light of the moon you know like like dc is notorious for this right when oh, they, man. wonder woman right her weakness was being tied up by a man yeah and power girl a wood or whatever yeah, wood, like, yeah. like uh, alan just, scott same thing yeah, yeah wood, right yeah. and then the the original originally how jordan was the color yellow like, yeah. I mean, come on. Just, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, so with Moon Knight, it is essentially a character who has multiple personality disorder, right? Kind of a cool concept, right? Where you have a superhero who's been granted powers by the Egyptian god Khonshu. Uh, and however, he doesn't know that he is a superhero sometimes. Sometimes he does. So, like, when he is... Well, one personality right, doesn't one know. Right, one personality doesn't know, which is his Stephen personality. Stephen Grant. Yes, yeah, so Stephen, great. Stephen Grant, his British personality, which Such is... Such a goober. <laughs> so, Oscar Isaac, first and foremost, is amazing in this show. He is, he is an incredible actor, and the way that he transfers from having a British accent to an American accent, and he goes back and forth, is fucking phenomenal like he just does such a good job going back and forth um and then having steven being really like kind of the exact opposite of who mark specter is because mark specter is this really you know kind of alpha male tough guy mercenary whereas steven grant is very beta he's very all about his mother he is very He's very soft-spoken. He's a fucking goober. Yeah, he's a goob, you know, but, you know, a lovable goob. And uh, and he ties himself to his bed. He chains himself. He puts sand around his bed to see if he is, like, sleepwalking at night because apparently that's when he changes his personality is when, I guess, at night, like, when he goes to sleep and then all of a sudden he wakes up and realizes, hey... I'm a superhero, uh, which I thought was really cool. Like the first reveal when he is being chased uh, and he's in the museum where he works and then he turned into a superhero, but then he tries to show the security guard the footage 
and there just is no footage of it. Yeah, that was that was, the first two episodes were like really grabbed you in that regard because like you don't immediately know like why he's got himself chained to the bed, right? You're kind of like left guessing. It's almost like he, you know, it's like he knew that he had something wrong with him. He's like, oh, I wake up chained to the bed. Like it, it's, there's a, there's a lot of questions that are asked in the first couple episodes. And the way the first episode ends with him, um, there's a, that quick shot of Moon Knight beating the shit out of whatever the God uh, monkey dog thing was that was chasing a Stephen Grant. It was so fucking cool to like see that. Like the way that episode ended, it was just this quick, fast, like, and then you're like, bam, there's Moon Knight. And like, you know, as yeah. comic book fans, you're watching it. Like you knew what was going on. But I particularly loved the the cinematography of those of that first episode where it showed the uh, it, it established that split personality bit where Mark Spector's personality would take over, kick ass, and then you would flash back to Stephen Grant, and then all of a sudden he's like holding the gun and covered in blood, right? Like those flashes, those cuts they did from a cinematography perspective were really, really awesome. Yeah. And it's like, you know, again, it's not, it's one of those things where like it's not something that was entirely original, like that it had never been done before in cinema history, but. It was the first time we had seen something like that in the MCU, and that's what made it cool. Yeah, definitely the first time in any superhero movie, right, where you're dealing with multiple personality disorder as a superhero. And the the show is really interesting. I love Ethan Hawke as the the main uh, antagonist for for the show as well. Harrow. Yeah, Harrow. Like, it really, really cool. The tying in of the Egyptian mythology, I think, was really cool. Getting a chance to see them, like, on the boat when they like died and they got shot in the chest. Um, I thought it was really cool. And like a lot of like the different, just the mythos you kind of, so it was very educational. You learn a little bit about sort of the background about Egyptian, you know, mythology and culture and things like that. See, was that, see, I, I didn't take the time to actually research. Was, was that, was that accurate shit? I just assumed, you know, I, uh, somewhat, I mean, it's, I mean, it's yeah, not it's, totally accurate, but it's not inaccurate. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you're, you're watching, you know, when you watch like movies like American or national treasure or whatever, and you're just like, oh yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah it's all definitely. the back of the declaration of independence, you know, it's one yeah. of those things, but like, again, yeah, they, they do it in a way where like, it's not. It's not like when you watch Avatar and they're like unobtainium. Like it's not yeah. so stupid and ridiculous <laughs> that you don't believe it. It's at least semi-believable the way that they present it. Um, so it does kind of draw you in in that sense. And yeah, it was really cool that Steven was kind of like you know the brains, and yeah. Mark Spector was kind of like the brawn. You know, like that. There's that one uh, that one scene in episode. I think it was episode three. Where they uh, they happen upon the guy they're tracking down to find you know the, it's, it's like a, much of a treasure hunt right which is really cool yeah, we'll talk about that very in a minute much, very much um, so. but he's in his Mark Spector personality and he's like I don't know what I'm looking at here he's like Stephen you got to help me and Stephen's like oh really like you fucking idiot like you know yeah so you look at this and then look at that you know and like that that whole dichotomy and that you know for me was again I, I want to go back to the the treasure hunt aspect for a moment but one of the coolest parts of this series for me was that. It you know going back to the whole action thing whatever there wasn't a lot of action in this show which was totally fine I don't mean that in a negative way what this show really was a lot about it was a character piece right yep and it was done in a way that like normally it's all about characters interactions with other characters right and very often when you see storylines about split personalities it's usually very formulaic one personality is good one personality is evil and blah 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 and it's about defeating the one this right. was unique in the sense that 
both personalities were, again, of the same body and were both inherently good guys. So the character relationships, the biggest relationship he has is with himself. And like that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest part of this story is him coming to terms with sharing his body or whoever body it is, really, you know, one body. Two, three minds, right? Like it's yeah. a it's a very cool story, and again, entirely unique to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I did as well, and I really liked the way they did his outfit, even though it was very much CGI'd. Um, yeah. I really liked it. I thought it was cool. And then you have at the towards the end, you get the sort of the, that dichotomy where you have Moon Knight and then Mr. Knight so that when Steven changes into Moon Knight, he's wearing like a suit and it's much more of like almost like a Deadpool style mask. Whereas when Mark Spector turns into Moon Knight, he's very much like a superhero. Right. Right. He's got that kind of like superhero outfit. Yeah. Right? And, and I like and I like how the suit formed around him mm-hmm. and the the elements of the you know, almost like looked like a mummy, right? His yeah. the way his costume worked. You know, again, very Egyptian. Like it was just very cool the way that it did it. Um, but it still, you know, I, but it still had some of like the superhero-y things you like. We took the moon crescents out of his chest and fucking threw them. Like that was just, you know, you're like, oh, so cool. The suit forms around him. And he's fucking throwing moon darts out of his chest, and it was so cool. Yeah, I I really like the um the the moon weapons that he has, right? Like that he uses and he kind of stabs people with them. He can throw them, right? It, it's a very unique style, you know, like, kind of blade or weapon. Well, and that and that's cool. and that's a big reason of why a lot of people are like, "Oh, he's just a fucking rip-off Batman because, you know, batarangs with crescent moon moonarangs, you know, they're very similar things. He's got the cape and, and he even has, you know, the there was that scene where he he opens up his cape, you know, it's in the shape of a moon. Right. He uses it to glide just like Batman opens up in the shape of a bat. And he uses it to glide, right? So there's obviously a lot of similarities there, you know, and like dare dare you say ripoffs, but the way that the character is done is obviously, you know, I, I don't want to get, I don't, I don't, really, I, I can't get into a whole he's, defending, you he know, is, he is more like Batman if Batman had superpowers, yeah, like it, it's one of those he things. has superpowers, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can you can defend, you know, the the ripping off of characters across the big two brands until you're blue in the face, like it's just the way of the world when it comes to comics, right? Right, is it's like Deadpool it's, a yeah. copy of Deathstroke. It's like it's like when it comes to writing music. Like there's only so many notes, right? You know, like at some point shit is gonna sound the same, you know? Hasn't there been like a hundred Hall of Fame songs that are literally four chords? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's all it's all about, you know, like how you the how you play, the time signatures, the beats and the rhythm. Just like when you look at characters, you know, there are striking similarities. So the similarities between a character like Batman and Moon Knight are like saying, Oh, this song uses the same three chords as this song but they're done in a different order and they're done in a different progression just like oh yeah okay it's the same he's a rich white guy with you know lots of money that uses his powers or whatever but and they're both crazy but yes he also has powers from a moon god you know it's like well, so uh, and they kind of took away that that richness they, they don't really show him as like a, a millionaire playboy or anything like that yeah that doesn't exist in this no because again which I liked I yeah. thought it was I thought it was much better that way because it, it really right. made you feel like he had superpowers because right? again Moon Knight is one of those characters you know that's been around for so long he hasn't always been that that way you know it's not like 
it's not like Spider-Man, right? Where like Spider-Man for pretty much his entire existence has been a, um, you know, dirt poor, you know, photographer for the Daily Bugle, you know, slinging, slinging photos of himself, trying just to get by, except for that one brief stint where he owned a, a multinational tech conglomerate, you know, right? Right, like, right, uh, yeah. But for the most part, he's always been that, like, or a teacher, right? You know, but characters like Moon Knight have gone through lots of different iterations, partly because he's fucking crazy, <laughs> Yeah, and so, like, and obviously all of his powers come from Kanchu, right? And the main story is that the that Ethan Hawke's character, right, uh, Arthur Harrow, is trying to unleash, I guess, Kanchu's antithesis, I guess you could say. Is that is that what it would be? Well, and that was, was that Crowley or... Uh... Yeah, no, uh, Ahmet. Um, Ahmet. So they, yeah. they talked about, yeah, the way they, and again, I, I don't know enough about all of the comic history of Moon Knight to know how comic accurate this is. But again, it doesn't matter because yeah. it worked in the show, right? They, they played on this whole thing where the way the Egyptians, the Egyptian gods um, operated sort of was, you know, hiding in the shadows, right. but using human avatars. So each Egyptian god had a human host, basically, is what it equates to, right? And Harrow used to be, Conchu's host and he they disagreed right or, they had you know. a falling out exactly so then yeah. he was Ahmet's host and the whole thing was like Ahmet Ahmet was like the minority report she killed I, I assume it was a female god I don't know but yeah, she, uh, yeah, right she, she killed she before a crime was committed Conchu was like no we'll we'll still kill but only after the crime is committed you know right and that's where that whole thing was but that that was one thing I really liked because this brings me to my one of my favorite elements of the show was the I'm forgetting the character's name but the one god um, the the hippo god, right? That was like the death god, the one that was oh, on the ship, right, 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 right. And how she, how she, uh, in the the in the penultimate episode was like possessing Tefnut. No, I, I forget. What, I gotta Tef, look it up. Yeah. I forget what her name was, but she was the hippo, right? Yeah. And she was she would her avatars were dead bodies, yeah, right. And she was yeah. using them to communicate. Like I was just such a cool fucking little thing. And then she ends up becoming um the uh, who's the main who, the main uh the female lead. What's her name? Uh, she she becomes uh, the Scarlet Scour. But what is her name in the show? Fuck. Uh, I forget her character's name, but yeah, she um. She ends up becoming that god's avatar, which I actually like. That was one of my favorite parts. Like having her um, become your, the IMDb page is up. How long did it take you to find yeah, it? I, I was gonna say it's uh, it's Layla El Falufi. There Falui? you go. There yeah. you go. Um, her yeah. Layla Layla's Layla. character turning into a superhero at the end was definitely one of the most unexpected moments of the show for me. Yeah, and I fucking loved it. The, I like lost cool, my like, shit. Her her wings that that scene where she like extends her wings and everything was awesome like she like yeah it was yeah. really really a cool scene and like you know obviously she's the love interest of steven mark specter grant whatever you want to call him. yeah how's that gonna work because yeah she you know she they established that she was married to mark specter and um but immediately develops feelings for steven grant because it's like yeah it <laughs> Because he's nicer, I guess. It's and... almost like it's almost like this weird, um, like how like women are kind of shallow in a sense. You know, it's like 
you know, like, you know, they're always like, you, like you see on dating apps, and they're always like, right. you, like you see these e girls, they're always like, no, personality is the most important thing for me, yeah. and it's like, no, personality with a fucking hot body, yeah, and abs, what, yeah, yeah, and, like, and abs, because <laughs> she she didn't like Mark Spector, but as soon as Mark Spector became Stephen Grant, not an asshole, but still in the same hot body, she was like, yes, spread my legs, like yeah. it was just like again. It totally worked for the show. I just thought it was a funny, like, it was one of those moments where I was expecting, like, the the woke internet brigade to seize upon it and be, like, mad about it. Yeah. But they didn't, which no. is but good. Shut up. It, Don't it talk. Was, it <laughs> was good. Like, and I liked it. I thought it. I thought it was really cool. I think it would be a funny, like, like that in itself would be a funny situation, right? Like, oh, she's going on a date, and it first starts oh, yeah. out with Stephen Grant, and she goes on a date with him, and then in the middle of the date, he turns into Mark Spector. You know, oh, no, dude, that like, that would be hilarious, dude. That that's like- <laughs> that that's like a that's like a that is like a Sony comedy with like Ryan Reynolds written all over. Oh, like, absolutely, where he has multiple personality <laughs> disorder, you know, and like. And she has to like love him anyway. Yeah, know, exactly. Through, like, the other personalities. Like, and one awesome. of his personalities is Deadpool. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> oh man, that would be amazing. Just way break the fourth wall. Here, there Dude, you go. That would be. You're welcome. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. You're, you are so welcome. There's another billion dollar idea. Yeah. I know. I said Sony because you guys seem like you would make that kind of movie. Yeah, but... no, it definitely seems like a Sony movie. A hundred percent. Like that or Lionsgate. Like, <laughs> like Warner Brothers isn't making that movie. No, definitely not. I was going to say legendary pictures or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> A24, maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it was really cool. One of the things that I, I also found really interesting about the gods was that their need for the avatars, because it seemed like the gods could fight each other, but they couldn't act against humans without an avatar. So, like... Khonshu right. couldn't kill a human without having Mark Spector as the avatar, right? Which was an interesting concept, and I wonder if they're going to explore that more in the next season yeah. or whenever you see Moon Knight again. Because the question becomes, like, that was one of the things that I was asking, is, like, why do you need an avatar? You're the god, right? right? You're Obviously, you're out. You can, you can fight. You're fighting the other god right now, right? So... What? Why do you need the avatar? Yeah, it's and like he's so desperate to have that avatar. It's like well. the gods have limited their their own powers purposefully, but like why? Mm-hmm. Right? Like you know, it's it's kind of like what I wish our government would do, but like you know, that's never yeah, gonna happen. It's never gonna happen, right? But like it, it's just a weird. <laughs> it, but 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 again, it's one of those things you you kind of question it, but it works, right? You know, like right. it, it it totally works, and it's like I was talking with um. I forget who I was talking to. I think it was Malazzo, um, who was like complaining Friend about the, the fact, yeah, who was complaining about the fact that you know that scene where the gods bring Harrow and Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, in front of them, and Mark Spector's like, "Yo, this guy is an asshole. He's trying to do evil things," and he and Jonas Harrow is like, "No, I'm not." And the gods are like, "Yeah, okay, we're fine with that." Yeah, you you're know? totally cool. <laughs> and it's like it's one of those things where it's like on the surface you're kind of like. Well, I don't get it. Like, why would they be so dismissive? But then when you kind of, like, think about it, you're like, no, like, they make it very clear that the gods hate Khonshu. Yeah. And if Khonshu's avatar is the one that's like, yo, this guy sucks, they're going to be like, no. Like, even if they believed him, out of spite, they would be like, go fuck yourself, you know? Like, yeah. Which, again, it's like hubris, right? Yeah. It's, it's total hubris of the gods, which is why I liked that element of the show. And then it kind of, like, left them on their own. And then, of course, as you would expect in that kind of, you know, it was slightly predictable. But once Amit got released all the gods immediately got murked. Like, you fucking yeah. killed all of them. It was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, and, like, 
the the other kind of confusing thing is is Kanshu benevolent, right? Or or is Kanshu like Kanshu seems like like throughout the entire show, and then obviously it's revealed at the end. Kanchu's kind of a dick. I was gonna say, like, let's, let's skip to the not end. A, he's not yeah. a good guy. No, like, let's, let's skip to the end. Yeah, yeah, he gives Mark Spector the powers, and Mark Spector is like his avatar and fights for him. But like, like he's kind of a dick. Like, no, he's, he's a total not dick. A good guy. No, he's like, a total dick. Like, so is Moon Knight going to eventually be a villain? See, is no, question, I don't. Like, question mark? No, I don't think so because they're gonna they're gonna find a way to. Um, separate him from Kanshu, right? Um, to or 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 they're just going to make Kanshu be less of a dick. It's it's going to be one or the other. I don't think they're going to turn um turn him evil. It doesn't make any sense. Sorry for them for them to do that. Um, especially considering what we just talked about in the last episode with uh with Wanda, you know, going full on villain as a result of the dark hold and whatnot. Right. The, you, you can't turn every fucking character you have into a bad guy. So even though I agree Kanchu is a total dick munch, like I don't think they're going to make Mark Spector evil. They're gonna find some way to separate him so that he can still have some powers, maybe a different set of powers. Right. You know, or they're going to just make Kanchu less of an asshole. Right. And and that's sort of like uh, what happens right at the end, right? Where you see Kanchu in the limousine picking up Harrow, but then it's 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 Mark Spector, but at, under another personality of Jake Lockley. Right? And Jake Lockley now is supposedly the you know, kind of, I guess, most aggressive of all of the personalities. His, the Jake Lockley appearance at the end was so awesome. Yeah, because, it was really cool. Yes, and especially when you first, you know, quote-unquote, see him, right, when they do that flashback thing that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the flashback, I'm sorry, the, the like, the time skip or whatever, yeah. when he takes over. Like, that was so fucking badass because, they, you know, they had hinted at the third personality for a while. Right. You knew that this third personality existed, but you didn't really know what it was about. Yeah, or who it was, and, right. and he's like this, you know, he's like this made man. He's like a goomba, right? You know, yeah. working the streets and like even yeah. even just to like when he puts the um the when he's putting Haro in the in the limousine and he's got the wheelchair and he just throws it to the side like oh, in the middle ama- of the street. Yeah, he just amazing. doesn't fucking care. Like and it was oh it was such a great little reveal at the end, especially when you have Kanchu being like, you know, oh Mark and Steven thought they were free. He's like, but guess what? You know, like it was it was an it was such an amazing way to end the series, like, essentially on a cliffhanger. Like, it was really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I thought that the way that it ended was interesting. I think that it, it makes you want to see more. I think it wants you, it makes you want to see more of the character. I'm so interested of, like, okay, I get it. Like, I could see how they could do a second season. I could see how they could do you know, more of this show, but where would they bring him into the rest of the MCU? It's like, I feel like it's going to be like that Civil War moment where, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was like, oh, I know somebody and he introduced, they introduced Spider-Man, right? I think it yeah. could be like something like that where it's like, oh, I heard about this guy and, you know, I think I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it like, like he is in the comics, right? Like in the comics, Moon Knight is very often a street-level hero, right? He teams up with Spider-Man and Daredevil and guys like that a lot. Yeah. You know, like, I think they're going to bring him in um, at at that level. 
Um, you know, but again, the question is, right, like, how do they get him? Because the whole series takes place, you know, uh, geographically, nowhere near where the rest of the kind of heroes are mostly No, it's in, based. It's in London, London, right? and then yeah. Egypt, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. they're halfway across the fucking world. Oh, the one thing I want to talk about quickly before we move on is I loved, again, the, the Scarlet Scarab, the, her turning into a hero was one of the coolest Very fucking cool. moments. Yeah. Like, um, I loved how they did, they did a woke moment. But they did it correctly. Yeah, they did it very well. Where where there's that one scene where like she's kicking ass and that little girl is like, Are you an Egyptian superhero? And she just goes, Yes. Yeah. And like continues to kick ass. Like it was so perfectly done. It was so well done. And it was like exactly what you wanted to see out of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. I again I, I I I can understand why people wouldn't like this show because it's a little bit more complex. It's it's a little bit more um highbrow, I guess you could say, um but high concept definitely. Um so I can understand why people this wouldn't be everyone's flavor, but I I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. I thought it was a really interesting take on a new style of character and just more of the MCU doing what the MCU does best, which yeah. is take different genres of movies and turn them into superhero movies and then yep. make them all connected into one, you know, solid storyline. Yeah, because like, like we were saying, it had the, you know, this was this was like a national treasure movie, right? Mm-hmm. There's that whole globe-trotting, you know, treasure hunt aspect of it. There's the, the mystical element. And then there, you know, there's the character piece. And then there's like the straight-up superhero shit. Like, yeah. like even at the end, even like, even like all the way, like it had so many of the tropes you want, like all the way down to the scene where he's switching powers between Moon Knight and Mr. Knight. Then he has that one scene where he kicks Harry and he's a little like, you know, and he, like, he like fixes his vest and his suit and he's like, I'm ready to fuck you up, right? Like, yeah. It was such a cool moment. And he had the collie sticks. Like, yeah. it was just, everything about this show was great. And what's good, what's great about it, I think one of my favorite things about it is that, you know, one of the things people complained about with Doctor Strange was that they were like, they didn't get it. Because to understand Doctor Strange, there's, at least four movies yeah, and shows so that you, much have you have to, to watch. watch yeah. You can go into Moon Knight having watched nothing in the MCU yeah. prior to that and yeah. still enjoy that show. Yeah, I mean, it literally does not connect in any way. Like, no. I don't even remember them talking no, about they, the they rest made of no, the MCU. They made no reference to anything else. They didn't even, they, no reference to the Snap, no reference to the Avengers, yeah. no reference to anything else you know, yeah, which at that's, all. I think that's one of the most bizarre things, not even the Snap. Like yeah. They didn't even reference that. Yeah, which again... Totally fine. It, yeah. it worked. It worked. I mean, because... at this point, now we're, you know, years past the snap. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's totally fine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, um, I'm excited to see where they go and to see how they can bring his character into uh, into the MCU. Hopefully, we just get so much more of Oscar Isaac because I'm a huge so huge Oscar Isaac fan, and I just I thought he was just amazing in this movie. And if you have not seen him on Jimmy Fallon when he did the Hippopotamus song, uh, look it up on YouTube, Oscar Isaac. Doing the hippopotamus song, it's absolutely hysterically funny. It's obviously like a song it's really that he good. Yeah. Wrote for his like kids or something, and it's just it's amazing. It's an absolute treasure. Yeah. Um. All right. So are we gonna move on to? <laughs> so moving my, my on. Fucking theory. Yeah, moving on to this wild, wild theory, right? So <sighs> here we go. So before we get into what the theory is, I mean, obviously we are very heavily uh, talking about the MCU, right? Because those are a lot of the movies that are coming out right now. We know Doctor Strange, Moon Knight, 
Um, you know, those are the the things that have been Thor, Love and Thunder. When that's going to be coming out this summer, it's going to be amazing. Um, so there's a lot that's happening in the MCU. And it just seems that like DC is just everything that we were looking forward to, aside from the Batman, like the Batman was amazing. But then everything else has all been delayed <laughs> or canceled or canceled. Yeah. Just, yeah, I can't. It's like, it's a whole fucking thing. I can't even, like, every, so the, um, the Wonder Twins movie got, canceled. like, literally, like, a week after it was announced, canceled. There, there's talk about them, uh, canceling, like, the entire CW universe, the Arrowverse, yeah. right? Yep. Um, cause. In fact, I think it's a, like, a foregone conclusion. Like, yeah. they're definitely canceling all of it. Like, but like, like, what are they, are they, are they going to keep anything? Because some of those shows are still, you know, kind of like, like, like Superman and Lois just started. Um, Stargirl has got a lot more legs left on it. Stargirl um, was really good. Really Star- good. Stargirl is, is very like surprisingly really good. Yeah, no, like, it's, it, it was absolutely yeah. incredible. I was blown away by how good it was. I wasn't expecting it to be good. Um, Batwoman got canceled. I mean, yeah. that rightfully so. Yeah, I mean that that was rifle with problems. The first the first season of Batwoman was okay. Like it was it was good enough. And then when Ruby Rose left the show, instead, like just, I, I instead of they they could have just they could have just recast her right. They could have yeah. just recast her, yeah. and like nobody would have cared. Instead, they did this ridiculous plot where she dies in a plane crash. Yeah, dies off screen. Dies off screen in a plane crash and some John Q or Jane Q fucking character happens upon the plane crash wreckage and is like, oh, there's this Batwoman suit here and then teams up with her old... And it just... It was so bad. Yeah. None of it worked. It was so fucking terrible because like I... You know, I was a defender of Batwoman because everybody was shitting on it when it first came out. And again... It was it mind blowing? No. Was it entertaining? Good enough? Yes. It was a fine installment in the overall Arrow and the overall Arrowverse, and it had potential to be really good. That when they killed her off screen and came up with this whole convoluted story, because the whole first season was about Kate Kane, like right. everything right. about the first season was tied into Kate Kane. So to just remove her entirely. But keep the cast of characters that had been established around her and shoehorn yeah, this. <laughs> it just mistake. doesn't work. Just recast them. Next next time yeah. that happens, next time an actor quits, just recast. Recast the whole crew. Like recast everybody. Just recast. Like, yeah. That, like that's a it's a terrible thing to say because you know you're talking about people's jobs and everything like that. But like, look, I mean, this is this is the story. If you wanted to continue, like if Listen, you're remember- trying to make a good solid universe and like. The CW universe has been so much better than the DCEU. Oh, 100%. Like, it's, it, like, head and shoulders above. Like, all their crossover, like, the Crisis um, uh, episodes have been great. Um, the Elseworlds episodes were great. Like, it, it, it's it's a way better series than it is for, like, the, the DCEU, which is also a big mess right now. Although... The early reports of The Flash are that it is a very, very good movie, which I don't know if I necessarily believe yet. I mean, it's it's going to be a good movie. Like you can't have you can't have Michael Keaton as Batman and have it be a bad movie. Just by table stakes alone, that's gonna make it a good movie. Is it gonna be a great movie? 
Not likely, you know, because Ezra Miller sucks as the Flash. But yeah, you know, I'm not and a, not a fan. Yeah, will will it be good? Most likely, I'm I'm sure it'll be good. But I mean, Ezra Miller, what he's been arrested like three times in the last like six months. Like, why? Well, I, I just and not even that. Like, they I don't paused even care. all projects I don't with even him. Care like, about his his personality or what he's been arrested for or anything like that. But what I do care about is that I just don't like him as like he's not Barry Allen right like is he a little bit more Wally West than Barry Allen yeah sure but he's not even Wally West like he's just not the character like I don't want to say that he's a bad actor he's like but he's I just like don't Bart like Allen. him yeah I just At don't best. like him in that role yeah he'd be a good impulse yes like he would have been a great impulse but yes. n- not as Barry Allen and certainly not as Wally West well like, it's also funny too because like when he was first like I can understand how they wrote him the way they did when he was first cast as The Flash because (laughs) he was first cast as The Flash like seven years ago. Oh, my gosh. And his fucking movie has been in development for seven years. Yeah. Like, so his childlike portrayal of the character doesn't work. It doesn't. Not (laughs) not at all. It it doesn't. And like this... Yeah, it's just yeah, no, no, not for me. Yeah, he's um, forcing this comic relief that doesn't the other need to thing be there. That I, I feel like though is that they are now because they have delayed this movie so much. Is this like an Armageddon Deep Impact, but Deep Impact comes out three years after Armageddon, right? Like, <laughs> like nobody's gonna like like yeah because both of those movies came out relatively around the same time yeah people liked them both and they were a little bit different stories right you know people were drawn to them and they they really enjoyed them whereas for uh for for this it's it's like well you're doing a multiverse movie we've already seen two of them now yeah. that were incredible one spider-man and now doctor strange in the multiverse of madness both of those are incredible. We've also seen Loki doing a multiverse story. So you're kind of now getting to the point where you're like, yeah, okay, cool. Multiverse. Yay. Like, yeah, you've already seen it. Like it was awesome when it was first done because you had never seen it before. Now you've seen it. Right. Now it's not going to be as awesome. And so seeing Batman, seeing the Batmobile, will it be cool? Will it be a, a, a crowd popping moment? Yeah, absolutely. Is it going to resonate in terms of like a long-term story? Can they rebuild a DCEU? I mean, might as well at this point, just might as well make it all female characters and just, and John Cena and, and go from there. <laughs> and there it is. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's also the same type of multiverse storyline where they're pulling yeah. in actors from old DC properties that have already gone, which again, the concept of it is awesome. But to your point... Marvel's already done it twice now. Like, so is it going to feel stale when DC does it? Probably. But it's Michael Keaton. Like, he will be great in the movie. The movie as a whole is probably going to be just okay. Yeah. And not only that, but, like, Marvel has done it not only with characters that came before, like they did in Spider-Man, and then with Professor X in... um, as well as Black Bolt in Doctor Strange, but then they also did like fan service and brought in John Krasinski to be Reed Richards, which was like a really cool 
just real wank stuff for fans, right? Like it's it's what the fans wanted. It's the exact actor to play the role that the fans want. And like, and I love it. I thought John Krasinski was perfect uh, as Reed Richards. I would love to see more of him. But they've already done that angle as well. And then they've also done the angle of Agent Carter in Doctor Strange as well, bringing back the same actress who played Peggy Carter, right? Like Exactly. Which, is, which also was really cool. So again, you're doing it in multiple different ways, you're, and, but it's already been done. So like, yeah, is The Flash going to be a movie? Sure, it's going to be a good movie, but is it going to be something that we've, is it going to be revolutionary? Whereas if it was released last year, I think it would have made much more of an impact. If it was released this year, I think it would have made much more of an impact because it's not going to get released until next year. I I just I I don't know. And it's it, been it delayed again. It was and supposed to come out this year. I know. They made know. a big deal about it at DC Fandom. Yeah. And there was the Super Bowl trailer spot. Yeah. And, and the Black Rock. Adam too. Yeah, yeah, and the Rock is sitting yeah. here jerking off over everything. Like, look yeah. at my Black Adam. That movie got delayed too. Yep. Like fucking uh, I'm And sorry. reshoots. They're they're reshooting everything. Like I can't even imagine like what did these movies look like? What was their original like I hope I just, that we get like a special edition DVD that has like original cuts of like what the original story was going to be. And we can see like, is it better that they delayed it or is it worse? That Dude, they I'm telling it? you the best DC movie that will ever be made is the documentary that gets made about the, the fucking dumpster fire clusterfuck that is the DCEU beginning with Man of Steel. Like, because the moment, like, Man of Steel on its own was fine. Yeah, it was very, very watchable. As soon as the sequel to Man of Steel turned from Man of Steel 2 to Batman versus Superman, everything yeah. just got blown up and destroyed. Yeah, and then they they, they ham-fisted, trying shoving Doomsday in there, Dude. but it was a terrible Doomsday, Ugh. and and shoving Wonder Woman in there. And, and the people that, like, after that, we were talking about this the other day, the, the early screenings of Batman vs. Superman, it's the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, that's it's what It's the greatest said. comic book movie ever made. That is exactly why I do not believe the reviews for Ugh. Flash. Because God. everybody who saw Batman versus Superman early was like, it's amazing, it's a great movie, right. but they wouldn't release it to real critics yeah. until like they, right. they didn't do that early. Because they release. had the, they had these early screenings. They, yeah. they 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 tr- they scan, they scour the country for people that have the biggest DC boners, and it's like, yo, come watch this movie yeah. because we know that no matter how terrible it is, you're gonna love it and yeah. tell everybody how good it is. Like yeah. it's just Ugh. And we're so far past being like, well, we're getting to see these characters on screen. Oh, right? yeah, or way so, beyond like, that. We're so like, when Iron Man came out in 2008, it was awesome because we had never seen superpowers. When the first Avengers movie came out, uh, other than X-Men 3, we had never really seen like a superhero team up. And when they all fought together and and like... Like, Avengers was done so well, and that was, like, the first time you're getting the chance to see everybody on screen. There's been so many movies and TV shows and everything around superheroes now, both in the MCU and outside. I mean, even things like The Boys, that we've seen this, and we've seen it multiple times. So, it I, like, DC cannot just do 
another thing. They have to be original in some way. And I yeah. just don't think that they're going to be. And I don't think I, I think that they're too late to the party. Yeah, no, they are. They are the Pepsi to the to MCU's Coke. Yeah, they're their credit on being like, hey, kids, look, Batman, that's totally run out. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. again, we talked about a couple episodes ago, episodes ago, the Batman with Robert Pattinson and how great it was. And one of the reasons Amazing. why it was so great is because it was different. Yeah. It was very different. And, you know, I mean, obviously Robert Pattinson was great and everything else. Everything about the movie was wonderful. But, like, you know, you if if they had made that movie as another jumping off point to another DC shared universe and threw in a bunch of other characters that didn't belong there, no matter how good Robert Pattinson was, the movie still would have sucked. Yeah, it would have been terrible, right? If yeah. there was other people, like if they threw in like a Superman or a Supergirl, like it would have been horrible. Yeah. Right. Or even a flash. Right. Like Ugh. they could have done a cameo of the flash, like going into the universe. Like I could have understood that, but not even not really, yeah. you know, coming like, back through time. Yeah. And like the frustrating thing is like the main thing that everyone wanted to see for Justice League was the nightmare universe. They should have just done the first movie as the nightmare universe and then worked backwards. But in, with without having to give like an origin story and everything like that, instead they tried to follow the MCU formula, and it just didn't work. It didn't work for them. Zack Snyder sucks. <laughs> Zack Snyder is the uh, fucking worst. Man, I don't know you as a person, but you are not a good director. <laughs> uh, oh, I just got a text message. Okay. Hi, my name is Kev, and I'm with U.S. Speaks. We're polling in New Jersey. Would you like to question our poll? No. Report spam. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> blocked. Re report as spam immediately. <laughs> <laughs> report spam. Blocked. Go fuck yourself, Kevin. Yeah. Douchebag. Um, okay, so let's get into the theory. Okay. So Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness had an incredible cameo appearance of Patrick Stewart playing Professor Xavier, and in this one, he was in the floating yellow chair that we see him in X-Men, the animated series from the 90s. Now, we know that Disney is going to be doing X-Men 97, which is a sequel to the original 1990s X-Men, the animated series. It's going to have a lot of the same voice actors that are already on board. It's going to be the same sort of art style. And I'm really excited for that. When Professor Xavier made his entrance into Doctor Strange, they played the X-Men, the animated series theme song. Uh, just a bit. They, they played like a, a little you know, kind of 10-second clip of the X-Men the Animated uh, Series theme song. And it was, like, slowed down, so yeah. it wasn't super obvious. But it, but it was obvious. Like, if you knew what you were... If you were a super Marvel fan, you knew exactly what it was. So, Matt, what is your theory? So, okay. So, they've established, right, that in the... MCU, the 616, we learned about it in Doctor Strange, um, that they've established that there is no issues with bringing characters that appear in an animated property, um, what if, in this case, into the live-action universe. So I'm, of course, specifically speaking about Captain Carter. And in some ways, Professor X, right? So you can obviously also say Professor X, the yellow chair, was from the comic books as well, not strictly the cartoon show. But right. where my theory comes into play, and again, it's 
totally bonkers. Not going to happen, but it's just something that hit me and I thought would be awesome. So in the original airing of the 90s X-Men cartoon show, there is a four-part story arc which was intended to be the series finale, but that show was uh, famous for its... uh, airing or, or schedule timing issues yeah. and the funding issues. So lots of episodes aired out of order, and there were episodes that— A very Fox thing to do. Yeah, exactly. They did the same thing with with Firefly, and right. it's one of the things that ruined Firefly. Yeah, so famously fucked up in that regard. But the original, the ri- originally intended uh, series finale was a four-part story arc called Beyond Good and Evil. Um, it had like uh, like almost every character that had ever made a cameo in the series right. up until that point. Um, and the whole premise of it was uh, Apocalypse steals Cable's time-traveling device, travels through time um, to try to like find a better way to win because he constantly loses. Uh, right. He ends and, up... And what? he wants to capture psychics. Right. So, well, that, that he eventually, right. Time, he eventually, yeah. he eventually figures that out because he ends up in the nexus of time, comes up with this plan to capture psychics across the timeline to use them to power something in the nexus of time to rewrite history. Like, whatever, comics, it doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, <laughs> comics. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but he's in this area, this, this time, this is, I'm sorry, this space between time and space called the nexus of time. Right. Bishop gets stuck. There. He's with this troll-like character who claims to live in this nexus of time that lives outside of time. And you see all the different areas of the timeline warping around this big thing in the center of time, and Apocalypse is doing his thing. And anyway, long story short, fast forward through to the end of the four-part story arc. Again, it's all about time travel. It's all about different elements of how time interacts with one another and so on and so forth. Right, and it's all about all of the bad guys kidnapping right. different psychics that are... In- in the X-Men universe. So at the end of this story arc, when the good guys have won and everybody leaves the nexus of time, um, the little troll character who claimed to have created the nexus of time, he does a little 360 and transforms and reveals himself to be Immortus. Now, they don't call him Immortus. The character doesn't actually speak any more lines at that nope. point, but it is a 100% comic-accurate depiction of Immortus. So yeah. for those of you that read comics, immediately you're like, holy shit, that's Immortus. Makes yeah. sense that he created the Nexus of Time. Yeah. We saw Immortus in live action, or a, you know, a timeline version of Immortus, in the season finale of Loki. And when the season finale of Loki ends, Kang, Immortus, whoever, has taken over the timeline, the multiverse, whatever you want to call it at that point. So my theory is that, again, I don't know how they're going to do it, I haven't gotten that far into it, but seeing the fact that they bring are comfortable with bringing animated characters from animation into live action, Captain seeing Carter that, and- yeah, Seeing that um, the X-Men 90s cartoon show, which is a continuation of, I'm sorry, the X-Men cartoon show is a continuation of the 90s cartoon show, is coming back. We already have Kang and Mortis. That is now technically, or will technically be canon. That is the same Kang and Mortis, or one version of him from the multiverse that we saw in X-Men, that we saw in Loki, and that the multiverse with Immortus is how they're going to bring the X-Men into the MCU. Yeah, and even in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, they go through these various different universes, one that's made of paint and one that is animated, very similar to the way that What If was animated, right? So they've already shown that you can cross over from one, the live action into an animated universe, right? So, and Disney has now brought multiple characters from Star Wars 
that were in that were animated characters in the Star Wars universe right. into live action, right? Like Bo Katan, right? So the way that they introduced the X Men, you're saying would be through the cartoon show and then bring them into live action, or would yes. it be a live action that then goes into the cartoon, or how would it work? No, they would bring them. They would bring them from the cartoon show to live action by way of Immortus. Because listen, I mean, at, at this point, it seems fairly obvious to me that Kang Immortus is going to be the Thanos of the next the next phase of the MCU. Yeah, right, and he's going to have. Uh, far-reaching impacts on every corner of the Marvel Universe. And if they choose to go down this path, they have a door open to them to say, hey, this, I mean, this, this is one of those things that, like, literally, like, you know, it, it, it would require somebody who does the research at, <laughs> at, at Marvel to have watched, the rewatched the 90s cartoon show just like I did and say, hey, 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 holy shit, that's fucking Immortus. We could yeah. do this, you know, yeah. like, and, you know, they got to smoke a lot of weed, but, like, it'll, it'll <laughs> totally work. Kevin Feige... He's holding you. a retreat, yeah, you know, like, so he's holding a retreat to Invite talk about me to it. your retreat, Kevin Feige. <laughs> I will bring the mushrooms. Like, let's get weird. Yeah, let's get weird. Let's talk about how we can make the next 10 years of the MCU better because we can definitely help. We're, yeah. we're going to be there. We're willing to do it for free if you ask us. Yeah, so... There you have it. That's how the X-Men are going. You heard it here first. That's how the X-Men fucking appear in the MCU. I actually think it would be really cool is if they do one season of X-Men 97 and then that's it. It's just one season. And at the end of the season, uh, they move from animated to live action. Yeah, that right? would be fucking cool. I think it would be really cool. And and definitely, you know, I, I think it would be a miss if they do not do a reverse M day, right? Where in M day notoriously in the comics, oh, yeah, was, yeah. the storyline was called house of M uh, and uh, Scarlet, Witch uh, uses her powers and she goes no more mutants. Yep. And so from then on for the next 10 years, really in comic books, there are no additional mutants. And a lot of the mutants that were there were gone. Yep. They lost their mutant powers. Right. So there was only a handful of mutants that were left avail that were left in the universe. Co I think if coincidentally they did, all X-Men. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I think if they did the reverse of that, where if they had someone, maybe Scarlet Witch, maybe someone like Scarlet Witch. Right. Who came out and said mutants are here or something like that. Or more mutants now, you know, or something right. like that. Right. And then that was what bring them into the MCU, I think it would be, I think it would be really awesome. Right. Cause they've obviously already teased that, you know, with having Evan Peters, the uh, Fox version of Quicksilver show up in one right. division. In right. WandaVision. So they've obviously teased that they are willing to go that route. And then you see it more, of course, with professor X, Patrick Stewart in uh multiverse of madness. Um, even though he gets his next fucking snap, which was awesome. Yeah, it was um, awesome. but you know, so like, cool. so yeah, there's so cool. again, is it, is it a complete fucking long shot? No pun intended tended to the X-Men character, but yes, complete fucking long shot. Uh, Would it be awesome? Also, yes. Yes, so also, yes. we'll see what happens. And the other thing was is that not only does Professor Xavier have the yellow chair, not only does he come into the X-Men, the animated series intro, but he also does, when he goes inside of Scarlet Witch's head, that's straight out of the X-Men cartoon show. That's Professor Xavier did that multiple times to Jean Grey and to yep. other characters. In the psychic goes, plane. Yeah, in, into the psychic plane, and he actually has a fight 
you know, where he's, you know, powerful because he can use his right. mental abilities and he's able to walk and everything like that. Like, that is straight out of the X-Men, the animated series. So, I mean, it seems like the Professor Xavier that was in the Illuminati was definitely the Professor Xavier from the X-Men animated series. For sure. And you could and you could easily establish this by saying, you know, that he is that version because he's established to exist in that universe. Who's to say versions of him don't exist in many other universes, in other including the six one six. So yeah, yeah. It's it's super fucking exciting. I can't wait to see where it goes. But um, you know, let us know what you think about where it's gonna go and what you think about my bonkers theory. <laughs> um, I still there there is still an open invitation on the table for somebody to challenge me on the validity of canon in terms of the first four seasons of Agents of Shield. I'm waiting to fight that fight. Please come <laughs> fight me. But uh what else we got? Um, no, I think that's it. I think, I think, you know, the next big thing that we're looking forward to is, uh, Thor love and thunder. Um, I don't yep. think that there, uh, there's the Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, show that's going to happen. Miss Marvel the, comes out. Miss uh, Marvel also next, comes out. Next month, I think June. Yeah. yeah June. Yeah. Miss Marvel, I think is going to be a fun show. I, I can't don't, wait. I don't no, think, I think it, no, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I definitely think it's going to be amazing. I don't think it's going to like be revolutionary though. It's not going to be anything. I think it's going to be revolutionary to continuity. I think there's going to be something big in there that, that connects to the that rest connects of the to the MCU? continuity, yes, yes. Unlike we saw in Moon Knight, Moon right? Knight. I think I think Miss yeah. Marvel is going to be steeped in MCU continuity. I just have that feeling. That would be interesting. I yeah. mean, I I would I would love to be able to see that. I think it's going to be a really cool show. Yep. You know, obviously she's based in Jersey City. That's really cool. Being able to see a New Jersey character, yeah, it's going to be cool. Obviously, um, I, I think it's going to be yeah. I think it's going to be a, a really fun show to watch. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, however, I do think that Obi-Wan Kenobi is not going to be as good as, as a lot of people are, are thinking. I think it's going to be a yeah, little we'll bit see. of a, a step back. Um, but neither here nor there. I think it's going to also be a really cool, really fun story. Um, and I'm interested to see where they go with it and what happens after. Yep, it's going to be know? great. So anyway, you guys know the drill. Like, listen, subscribe, follow us on all of the platforms. DM us, send us messages, comment, whatever you feel like doing. Listen to all of our shows on the Review Podcast Network. It's us, it's Cannon Fodder, it's Talking Tacos, it's The Mix, it's Political Partying, and it's also the brand new Zero Attention Span Podcast. So, come listen, like, subscribe. We'll see you guys next time, and as always, stay tuned, true reviewers.